I would like to begin this morning um, with a scripture uh, that is well known to all of us. Can we all repeat it together? Jesus said, all things are possible for him who believes. Do we still believe that today? Do we believe that all things are possible? I, I don't know what your story is uh, this morning. You may be here because uh, you know you need to be here. But yet, you may be facing a major challenge in your life. And the possibility of overcoming that challenge seems very slim. And, 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 and you're praying, and, but your prayer with this... It's not with the lack of faith because you are praying, but it is with not so sure that this will be possible. And I think that uh, it's, it's very clear to all of us that even in the scriptures, we found people that have great moments of doubt. So doubt is not necessarily a bad thing. It is what you do when you are in the midst of doubts. So this morning message is titled, How to Become a Resilient Christian. How do we face life challenges in such a way that we come out triumphant? That when we are past that Huddle when we're past that trial, when we're past that tribulation, when we're past that 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 uh, um, unclimbable mountain that seemed at the moment, we can truly say, "I am better than I was when I started this journey." Now, some of us, when we are in the middle of a trial, it seems like it will never end. Have any of you been there? You, you are in the middle of it, and, and it seems like this will never end. Well, let me give you good news. The good news is that the longest, the longest, the longest tempest that ever existed on earth, it only lasted 40 days and 40 nights. Amen? So that means that anything... Beyond that will not exist, you know? You, you, your difficult times will not last forever, amen? So what that means is how do we come out of it triumphant? How do we come out resilient? How do we come out polished in such a way that we can really shine um, for the world? I want to share a little story here from this young lady. whose name is Magda Hesberger. She was, uh, a, she was uh, a Jewish uh, girl when she was uh, growing up in, in, in Israel. And a um, happy family in the early century, um, past century. Uh, successful father and mother, good business. But then World War II came um, to the world. And as you all know, there are so many stories about what happened to the Jews. And um, 
um, I mentioned this morning that we just we just came back from Israel from a wonderful trip with my wife and and it's even difficult for them uh, there, especially if you're an Orthodox Jews, you have no access to to the to the golden rock, you know, you you to the rock of the dome as they call it, you know. And they cried there. They they cried on the welling wall with desperation. And but they also chant and they also uh, sing. And so, but at that time in her life, she was 19 years old when this picture was taken. <clears throat> her entire family was taken to a, a Nazi camp, and um, she saw her family uh, being killed, and she saw relatives being uh, abused, and she saw. Uh, uh, rapes, and she experienced all kinds of tragedies. Her job that was given to her is she was, uh, her job was to carry a um, um, a wheelbarrow, a big wheelbarrow, and her job was to pick up the dead. She was going down the street of the concentration camp, and whoever was found dead, she would put him in that wheelbarrow, and she would wheel that person into a into a, an incineration uh, section of the camp, and she would just dump people there the way to be carried out by a machine, and then they will be incinerated. Uh, so she picked up family members who were dead. She picked up uh, relatives who were dead, uh, close friends who were dead. And um, she went from um, a very healthy young lady, and by the time, um, a, a year later, she was, uh, she, he was weighing 90 pounds. And um, she... Um, Finally, when she had seen what has happened, um, she gave up with li- and, and life. And um, in her, one of her last trips that she was taking uh, people dead in the wheelbarrow, she looked at that pile of dead people. She looked herself skinny in bones, and she said, what's the use? And she threw herself into the pile of the dead people to die. Fortunately, on that particular day, um, the British um, came in and they just helped out and delivered. Uh, uh, deliverance came into the concentration camp. And a soldier happened to pass by and saw the pile of people who were dead. And he saw this young lady who moved her hand. And she was passed out already. Uh, and he realized that she was alive. So he picked her up. He took her into the emergency unit. They flew him back into British hospital. She got well. Eventually, she moved to the United States, and she lived. And she wrote the following statement. And can you read this with me? It's possible to survive unbelievable tragedies in the face of what? Dire circumstances. It's possible to survive unbelievable what? tragedies. And I don't know your story, but I have a feeling that if you link it long enough, you all have something to share. Something that has been absolutely tragic in your life. And that could be from, from sickness to relationships to um, uh, diseases to all kinds of things that you have your own stories to tell. And you are here sitting today as an evidence, hear me well, as an evidence that it is possible to survive. Amen? I always like to do this exercise. Look at the person next to you and tell him it is possible to survive. Find someone. It is possible to survive. 
Because if someone here is going through a difficult, challenging time, you may be thinking, I will not survive. You may be thinking, it is worthless to live. And perhaps like this young lady, uh, you are about to give up. I don't know your story, but maybe you are in that story. Um, the University of Chicago did a study a uh, few years ago, and here's what they published in this, in this, in this uh, publication, which was very interesting. And, and a summary of that was, America's personal misery has increased since the early 1990s. American what? Personal misery. So for those of you who uh, were born before 1990, you, you could tell the difference maybe? And for those of you who were born after 1990, I'm so very sorry for you. You are beginning to live perhaps in the most difficult, challenging times of our history. And it's not easing up. It is becoming more and more challenging. Misery is coming in all shapes and form to all kinds of people, to all stratas. It doesn't respect age, financial status, or education. Misery is coming to many of us. So the question is, if that is true, how do we prepare to be resilient? How do we prepare to what? To be resilient because we have absolutely something different. Jesus himself promised that. He says, in the world you will have what? Many of us don't like those promises of Jesus. <laughs> but that's a promise. He said, in the world you will have what? Now we all know how that ends, that verse, right? He says, but, but be of good cheer. I mean, in other words, it says, you can be resilient in the midst of tribulations. You can come out sharing and, 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 and just rejoicing, not for what happened to you, not for what happened to your family, but because of the triumphant ways of God in the midst of that tragedy. So, um, talking about resiliency, there was another study done of 1,000 women who faced um, sexual assault. And um, if you're not a woman, or you, you don't know what that means. Uh, now, there are young men or men who have been sexually assaulted, but it's not the norm. Um, the norm is that our history is plagued with sexual assault. And the Me Too movement has pretty much gave us the idea what is happening behind the stories of many, many women. It is said, and it is proven, that three women in every, every five women has been sexually assaulted in one way or another. Three out of five. So I don't know, let's say there's, there's 100 women here in this room. How many of you have been, in one shape or form, been assaulted sexually? 30 of you. 30 of you, in one way or another, have been sexually assaulted, sexually abused. So it is a reality that happens today. And there is nothing more violating, there is nothing more violating, more, more detrimental than um, to be sexually invaded. So they took 1,000 women who have been resilient, women who were able to bounce back to life and, and live a life normally again. Because many, many turn to 
uh, depression uh, or, or, or become depressed, many turn to drug drugs, many become prostitutes, many women who have been seriously sexually assaulted have a very difficult uh, transition into normal life. And their marriages can be affected, their, their relationships can be affected, and their sexual life eventually can be affected. So I, many of these are happening. So they took 1,000 women who have actually bounced back and were able to resume life uh, normally again. And this is what they discovered, the norm or the pattern of what this woman, um, why this woman were able to live a normal life after being sexually assaulted. There were two words. Number one was what? Mastery. And the second one was what? Social support. Let's say it together. Mastery and social support. Right? And by mastery, what they mean is they were able to take that circumstance that happened to them and they actually tell the circumstance who was really in control of the, of the event. And it was not the perpetrator or it was not, uh, I'm sorry, it was not she or sometimes the circumstances. But they were able to put into the context of the sad experience, sad event, and now they acquired these tools that they begin to practice and to say, this will not destroy my life. And so they were given certain tools for them to master the situation and move Forward. And of course, social support, it all tells it all. You know, they surround them with people that embrace them, accept them, and help them to move forward. So when I, when I saw that article, I realized, is this applicable for us as Christians? Because if sexual assault is, is found in one of the most terrible things that can happen to a person, uh, both men and women, um, and you are able to bounce back, and you find these two. And then I, I did some study on that, and I, I realized that they're, they're very close things that can be applied to the Christian. So let's, let's think about this for just a moment. Mastery. Let's, let's read some definition of mastery. Read it with me. Instead of allowing circumstances to trap you, you tell the circumstances who is in control? How about that? Okay? Because if we let the circumstances to master you, then, then you will never come out of it. Are you with me? If you let the circumstances, if you let the person, if you let the... Who's in control? Is, is it the abuser who's in control? We may think he is in, in control. So we let him continue to abuse us. If we let that boss or we let that person or we let that incident or we let that tragedy to just control our thoughts and control emotions and determine, well, this is my fate. This is the way I'm going to end my life. Then the situation will take full master over you. But the contrary, instead of allowing that to trap you, you begin to tell that who is in control of this circumstance? Who is in control of this, of this event? Therefore, I began to find that based on the article that they were given certain tools, certain things they would say, I say, is there some mastery phrases that we can adopt as Christians when we go through very difficult times? 
And I discovered there are several master phrases. So write it down. I think every person who lives on this planet should have some type of equipment to be able for you to say, okay, when something tragic happens, and buckle up, because if it doesn't happen, if it hasn't happened yet, it will happen. Are you with me? And, you know, you heard me before, and, and I always say that their life has three cycles. You're either in the middle of a, in the middle of a, of a situation, in the middle of a bad experience, you're either coming out of the bad experience, or you're heading into another experience, bad experience. So that's life. You're in the middle of it, you're about, you're getting out, or you're heading into another one. That's part of life. So since we want to make sure that we, that we are resilient Christians, the first thing we want to do is we want to have mastery phrases. Mastery phrases that reminds us that the circumstance is not in control. That the abuser, say with me, abuser, there are plenty of them even in the church, that the abuser is not in control. And some of us give Satan more control than he deserves to have. And we just say it loud. And the more we say, oh, he loves to hear Christians say that. You know, because the devil, and the devil, and we use the word devil. Every time we call the name of the devil, he just, he just feels invited. So, so I, I would say, don't even call his name. Why would you call his name? Why would you say that, that devil? Why don't you say, this God. This mighty, powerful God who knows the beginning to the end is in control. Amen? Right? So let's, let's learn some mastery phrases. Let's repeat the first one. The Lord is with me and he is greater than this problem. That's a mastery phrase. How about that? And this is not hot wash psychology. This is biblical evidence that we must be equipped when that tragedy comes. Otherwise, if you begin to think that someone else is greater than this problem, or that this problem is greater than the God you serve, oh, the, the problem is going to master you. And you know what happens when you allow the problem and the circumstance to trap you? We begin to make the worst decisions ever in our lives. And then after everything is, is happening, everything is over, you, you say, why did I do that? Have you, ever, have you ever said that to yourself? Why did I say that? Why, why did I go and buy that? This is foolish. But then you, you wake up like the prodigal son and you come into your senses. But the problem is you allow the circumstance to what? To trap you. You allow this person's words to trap you. You allow this, this, this other job situation to trap you. You allow the, the financial struggle to trap you. No. What you're going to do is you write this down and you say, when I'm in this situation, I'm going to use this master phrase that says, the Lord is with me and he is greater than this problem. Second mastery phrase. Let's say it together. I am not given more than I am able to what? Yeah. What is that more that you've been going through? I don't know what that is. But you know, things are perceived by everyone so differently. You know, sometimes it kinda, it's a little shameful that we hear somebody's story and we say, 
Come on. That's nothing. That's nothing for you. But for that individual who has a whole different perspective of life, that is the end of the world. So never say to somebody, I've been through that and ah, that's okay. You, you'll, you'll survive. You know, yeah, you might want to rephrase that. You might want to say, you know, this, this is very difficult and it sounds very difficult. Um, but what I have learned is that we're not given more than we're able to bear. So, yes, you, you'll be able to make it through. But don't, don't de diminish the pain that this person is going through. But acknowledge that, yes, I've been given something that is really hard, but the good news is not more that I can bear. All right? You, you wrote that down? Third mastery phrase. Third mastery phrase. Say it with me. I'm strong and courageous. Right? Now, when that comes, we feel all like what? We, we feel like at the weakest man or woman that have ever lived. Yeah. But what if you pick up these notes that you're taking right now, put them in an in a index card. That's what we gave you an index card earlier. You put them in the index card and you carry it with you. Now, you don't need to carry in this card today. You put them in the cell phone. You know, you can write these phrases down. And, and when you are faced with something that, that you think is more than you are, you just pull out the master phrase and say, I'm a strong and courageous. I'm a strong and courageous. And you know, it helps. Go to the mirror and look at yourself and say, I'm a strong and courageous. I'm a strong and courageous. Now, is this, is, this, is, this, is this bad psychology? No, because you read it in John, Joshua 1 9. That's what, what, that's what God told Joshua. Be what? That's right. So I'm not giving you something that is, that is, that is, that is cheap psychology. I'm giving you something that God Himself said this is how you will master tragedies when they come around in your life. And let, let people laugh at you. That's okay. Oh, you're a wimp when you think, I'm strong, I am courageous. Hmm? How about this one? Another master phrase. I love this one. How about this one? Let's read it together. I had the spirit of power, love, and self-control. You know? I got the spirit of power. <laughs> Don't you think that we will walk a little different and we will face temptations a little different? When we tell the temptation, I have the spirit of power. You know, this temptation, this situation, these women, these men, this movie, this music, this, 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 this porn site, this is not going to be stronger than me. Because I have the spirit of what? Not only power, but I have the spirit of what? I love myself and I love God. Amen? Isn't that the two things that God asks you to do? He said... Love others as you love what? You know, every time we sin, we're telling the world, we don't love myself. That's what we're doing, right? Because sin brings, what is the wages of sin? So, well, you want to die? Sure, go. Just keep on sinning, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but when, when, when I know that I love God, I love myself, I love people, then, then, then I'm giving self-control, right? Self, do you know what self-control is? Oh. 
You know what self-control is? Yeah, that's what it is. You don't answer the phone when it rings. That's self-control. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just loving you. You don't look at the text when it, when it, when it comes in and you're, you're listening to God's word and, and, then, and you're like... And then you're like That's self-control. You know, you, you're able, you're able to pay attention to the right situation, to the right moment that takes your absolute complete devotion. The reason why we become so weak is because we don't we don't call out these master phrases. You 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 have to tell, I have the spirit of what? I have the spirit of power. I love God. I love myself. I love people. Therefore, I can have self-control. Amen? So mastery phrases given by God so you and I can be resilient in the time of tragedy, trials, and even temptations. Look at this one. I love this one. <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones. Let's say it together. The Lord will fight for me and I will be. That is to me one of my, that's one of my, I, I carry it many times. For years I had that little statement in my computer. I have it right there. Now I know it. I, I just say it, you know, because I practice this. I like to, I adopted these master phrases, so I, I am resilient. I want to be a resilient Christian. Anybody here? Resilient Christians? I want to be resilient. I don't want to be looked down as a wimp. As a, as, a, as, a, as a, you know, waffle Christian, you know? You know it's a, does it make a difference? Is, is, does Christianity make a difference in your life? Yes, it does. You know, I'm a resilient Christian. When temptations come, when tragedy comes, when bad things happen to me, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I fear what? No evil. That's me. And you say, Well, Pastor, you sound a little cocky today. No. The Word of God has given me the authority to master anything that comes my way. There's a difference between being cocky. And there's a difference between be trustful. When you trust God and his word, you can use these phrases with humility and be successful. Amen? It's not about pride here. Because you know what happens to pride. It, it, you, know, you fall on your face pretty soon. You, know, you realize that. So there is no room for pride when you are experiencing God. All right? So... What was the first phrase then that, that, that makes people be resilient? No, the first, the first word they discovered? Mastery. Mastery. So I just gave you the most powerful mastery phrase. I hope you wrote it down because you're going you're gonna to share this with someone who needs it. So the second one was social support. And I think that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Social support. Um... However, this could be tricky. Say with me, tricky. Because you, Pastor, you just gave me something that says I am strong. 
You just tell me something that I'm courageous. You just give me something that says, I am powerful. You just give me something that it says, Lord will fight for me. So that means I don't need anybody. Yeah? Isn't that a little tricky? Because it, it may seem like you can go through this tragedy just by yourself. But biblically, it's not possible. Biblically is what? And so what I discover is that most Christians falter in this second part. Because there are many Christians who say, I'm calling the word of God, I'm reading God's promises, I'm claiming promises, but you are not inviting people to support you in the process. You know what? You, you, you're, you're, you're there, you're suffering alone, you're, you're, you're on your knees by yourself, you, you're not reaching out, you're not telling people what you're going through, you're by yourself, and, and, and then no wonder why many of us break because we were not meant to be alone in the journey. How do we know that? God said it at the very, very beginning of creation. Even sin was not around. What did he say? It is not good for man or woman to be what? And this is not just for you to hurry up and marry. <laughs> That's not what it means, really. You know, what it really means is... I made humans social. I made humans what? Social. So you are not meant to fight this battle on your own. So if someone is here fighting on your own, you got to be courageous enough to say, yes, I have these master phrases, but I need to have human support. I need to have what? Some of you says, pastor, not me. I, I've been through hell and back and by myself. Well, that's why you went to hell. <laughs> because you did it on your own. By yourself. Yes. It would be a lot more smoother if you had the master phrases, but then you also had people that, to support you. Okay? And then you say, well, pastor, but, you know, the pastor never calls me. What do you want me to do? I come to church, nobody says hello to me. So I sit there and I leave. I hear that all the time. In this church, pastor, nobody cares. I haven't been in church for three weeks and no one calls. That's what I hear all the time. You know? And people get really bitter about it. And then like three months later when I go and visit them, <laughs> they're like, I'm not going to that church ever. Nobody cares. I mean, and they're bitter, and then they're bitter, and I find them all, all you know, all the bodies scattered all, all around the road. You know, people are just mad. You know what I discover? It doesn't work this way in the Bible. Never. Watch this. Let me give you a first example. Um, here is the Apostle Paul. He's in jail. He's in prison. How many of you believe that you're better than Paul? Let me see your head. Better than Paul? Any of you better than the Apostle Paul? Have you written 13 epistles? No? <laughs> yeah. Now, I believe that Paul is, is a star. <laughs> right? He's a star. I mean, look at this guy. He's, he's a star. I mean, he, he has it all. I mean, this guy has, it's just like amazing. And this is at the end of his journey. We, we, we should say, well, 
He knows better. Paul really, I mean, by this time, he has it all figured out, right? So he's in jail. I don't know how many of you have been in jail. My wife and I, about five years ago, we, we went to Rome, and, and we actually went to the, the, some of those jails there, Martin uh, jails. And, and, and Oh, my goodness. You don't, I mean, right now, you know, we, we know that there's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, news that our, 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 our prisoners here are, are, are having a bad time. But, but, I mean, if you look at those jails back in the day, mercy, you know. So here's Paul in jail. And he could say, I have the angels with me. God is with me. I'm cool. I'm Paul. I have to give an example of strength. Because after all, I'm strong and courageous. Is that what you read there? Look what it says there. Timothy, please come what? As soon as you can. And by the way, not just you. You know that guy that I had a fight with? Mark, the one I didn't like? Can you bring it to by any chance? You know, he says, I'll take anyone. Because I realized that if I'm going to face this challenge in my life, I need social what? Social support. So here's how you do it. The pastor doesn't call you. Call the pastor. Hey, pastor, um, I know it's been a while since we talked, and you're my shepherd. I shall not want um, I'm going through a rough time, Pastor, and uh, it'd be okay if we, if we have some time together. So it'd be okay if uh, we go out and eat, and, and I'd like to share with you what I'm going through. Is that biblical? Yes. Your pastor has a million things to do. And as far as I know, when we went to the seminary, maybe your seminary is different, but I never have uh, the class of how to read the crystal, 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 crystal balls. So I, I don't know what's going on in your life. I have no clue unless you what? Unless you come and tell me. Because, you know, you're so good at putting fake faces. Happy Sabbath, my brother. In the name of the Lord. You know, we, we put these faces and we come here, so we all think everything is what? Yes. We, 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 just, we, just, we just fool each other all the time. You know, and we we're like, how is it going, brother? God is God. Yeah, I believe God is good. And I believe that's why you're here. But if you're going to finish well, you need other people. You need your brother and your sister. You need your pastor and your elders. You need your youth. You youth need you. You know, we are a family. And we need each other. So shake it off and start calling people. Don't face it alone. And if you don't like the pastor, it's okay, pastor. Can I be, you know? Because I'm a pastor too, and I have a tons of people that never liked me. No matter what I did, 
They never liked me. In fact, some of them moved the memberships. So I learned, Pastor, that you and I can never, ever be all things to all people. And so what I discovered is this. When somebody moved and, and people were like, Pastor, you know, people leave the church. And I said, I'm so glad that they are finding a place that they feel safe. Let them go. Don't take it personal. You know, I said, is that church helping you to grow closer to Jesus? Yes, Pastor. I said, move on. I'm so glad. You know, because it's a reality. Garland will never meet the needs of everybody in Dallas Fort Worth area. So that's why God plants a church here, because every church has different personalities. Are you with me? So because I know that not everybody likes me, Pastor, and it's okay for you not to call your pastor. If you're the one that don't want to call the pastor, but call somebody. Amen? And so I give permission to my elders to be pastor and said, if somebody calls you and you can fix the problem, fix it. Help that person. Be a support. You know, and you don't have to come and tell me, you know, if you are able to be alongside of that person, so be it. Because according to the Bible, we need each other. Amen? Now, I discovered one more pastor, and this, one, this rocked, rocked my, my concept of social support. Now, do you think that Jesus had it all? What do you say? Jesus had it all? <laughs> Some of you are like, ah, well, and you know, he did have it all, you know. But remember, he was, he was 100% God, he was 100% what? Human, okay? He was hungry, he was thirsty, he was tired. And now, watch this. He's going through a more difficult time in his life. Look what he does. Read it with me. My soul is what? Overwhelmed. With what? What was his request now? Let's read together. Stay here with me. If the Son of God, watch him now. If the Son of God, who knew how to pray, who knew every promise ever given because he was the one who gave them, <laughs> Is still in the moment of tragedy, realize the need of human companionship. How much more you and me should call for someone in time of need? I believe that our church will be revolutionized when we accept social support the way it was intended to be. I really believe that. But for some reason, we are grown so apart, so self-centered, and so self-reliant. Re self-reliant is always the word? Self, no, it's more than self-confidence. I rely on myself, just myself, you know? Yeah, self-sufficient, that, that we don't realize, and we say, as long as I have God, I don't need anybody else. That's a lie. It's not biblical to begin with. It's not biblical. You need people, and if people is not there, you find someone that wants to be there. And the Holy Spirit will tell you who is in this community. Not everybody is apt to be with you. All right? So be wise. 
You have to pray. You say, Lord, I'm going through this. Can you put in my mind a brother, a sister? Especially if you're a female, look for a sister. That's common sense. If you're a male, look for a brother. All right? Because you don't want more trouble. <laughs> yeah? um, so look, look for someone of your same, same sex and, and just a call, a text. And you'll be surprised. You'll be what? How people is so willing to reach out once they know why you're going through this. And people will be even apologetic. They will say, I'm so sorry, sister. It hurts my heart that you've been through this for such a long time by yourself. I'm sorry I didn't know. And we are so apologetic about it, but, but it's your fault. You, you, never, you never let anybody know what you've been through. You know? So... The time has come that if we are going to be resilient, we're going to adopt these two principles that has made the world a better place. What are those? Number one, mastery. We already have the mastery phrases. And then you have what? Now, remember this story here? Uh, Magla Helsberger, 19 years old, before concentration camp. Um, let me now show you uh, the words that she said at the very beginning, which is possible to survive unbelievable tragedy in the midst of what? Uh, in, the, in the face of dire circumstances. Now, here's a picture of her today. She's 93 years old. She travels all over the United States, reminding people this. And this is, I took this from a, an article that came out just recently. My great trust in God was my source of what? of survival. And today, that's what she does. She goes from, especially she likes to hit colleges and college students because they know that college students are the most tried people in the world in many places because they come from broken homes. They come from broken families. They, they are suicidal. They are depressed. They, 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 they are in addictions and all that. And she tells everywhere she goes, she says, my great trust in God was my source of survival. So I don't know your story here. But I want to tell you one thing. I started with this and I closed with this. All things are what? Possible to him who believes. So I, I want you to think about these impossibilities in your life. I don't know what they are. Is it your marriage? Is it, is it that, fa that family member? Is it that son that, that, you, that you thought was going to be a great star and, and somehow... You seem to be losing that battle. Is it, is it a family member? Is it a parent? Is it your job? Is it your what is that impossibility? The Bible says that it is possible, all things are possible for those who believe. There is one thing. I cannot promise that that marriage will be saved. Because I've seen it many times. I cannot promise that that child will change his ways tomorrow. I cannot promise that you will be given the raise or change the position from, from your job. I've seen it happening, though. But there is one thing I can promise you. And that is that God will be with you. And he will give you the strength to believe perhaps the most amazing thing that you and I need to believe. I want you to hear the words of this song very clearly.
one of my favorite songs lately, and I have heard it many times. My friend uh, Mildred is going to sing it for us. And, and it begins, I want you to listen to the, to the beginning words of this song. Because it begins describing an old person who is dying. But it's a person who in spite of death approaching has learned to believe. To believe in what? Come, sing for us this song. Sabbath. Yeah. 
coming to take us home. Let's get ready. Amen. Now that you and I know what it takes to be resilient, I have a feeling that some of us need to lay it all clear at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, it is time to believe. I don't know what do you need to believe. I don't know what your struggle has been, but this morning the Lord wants to give you that assurance that you will be triumphant. So I'm going to invite anyone here who says, I need that assurance right now that I will be triumphant, that I will be a resilient Christian. And applying some of these principles that I, I received today, you need that assurance and power to say, I will be more than a conqueror. Is someone here that wants me to pray this morning, I'd like to pray with you? Um, and you say, here I am. So you can come here to the front and say, Lord, it's me. All right. So some triumphant Christians, resilient Christians, just come here and we'll just pray together. And we say, Lord, uh, you know the struggle, you know the challenges, you know the needs that I have. And um, for the rest of you who want to celebrate the goodness of God and how he has been so good to you, you can stand right there and say, yes, God has given me many times the victory, but I need the strength before I leave this place to make sure that I remain faithful until the very end. So as I prayed and the Holy Spirit moves you and, and you realize that, that, that um, in the last few weeks, in the last few months, your faith has somehow been challenged. This morning is an opportunity for you to come into the presence of God and say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, we you thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that the victory that we received in him is clear and absolute. Many of us here, Lord, stand on the shoulders of our Savior. We stand on the victorious resurrection miracle. And at this moment, Lord, we want to praise you and thank you for the many hundreds of victories that have been won in this, in this room here with all these people. But yet, Lord... Some of us need the assurance that this battle will not destroy me. That this situation will not crush me. That this circumstance will not control me. But as I learn to know and to say, who is in control? I'm able to believe that I am strong and courageous. And that I am not given more than I can bear. And that I have a spirit of power and love and self-control. And ultimately, that the Lord will fight for me. And I will be at peace. Lord, feel the hearts that are in turmoil this morning with peace. You know who they are. You know the real stories. 
Thank you for embracing them right now and giving them the, the assurance that as they master, learn the master phrase and they apply it to themselves and they, and they rely on social support, godly people that can help them, they will be more than conquerors. Oh, we're looking forward to that day, Lord. And we finally, we will ride in the wings of the clouds and we will be with you for all eternity. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Um, till we see you again. So let's go and have some lunch together. And we should be starting here around 2, maybe a little bit, just a little bit after 2. We'll give you about an hour to have lunch. Thank you.